Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 90 of the Greenlight Podcast, 10 away from 100, POC, E-Frage, back at it. The college basketball 2021-2022 preview episode. We're in here. What year is this? Is this four for us? Three, four? Or is your, I know we're like, we're, we're closing in on 100 episodes. Yeah, we but, used to, yeah, uh, I mean, and technically we've been renewed um, by the uh, podcast listeners. We've been renewed. We still have people listening, so shout out to you guys. Um lot to go through. I was super excited to uh, throw shade at Virginia because I thought that they were going to be left out. And here they are at number 25. <laughs> so eventually we'll get to them. I think the plan for this episode is to just kind of walk through or run through or jog through, depending on the team, uh, the top AP top 25. Um, even before that, though, I, I mean, it's I kind of hate do it's the least re- re- relevant poll of the year. It, it, it really is nothing. Um, I don't know, w- whatever. It doesn't matter. But uh, this year more than ever, I will say it kind of feels like we're starting off with like the best tournaments we've ever had in ter- Usually there's like two, you know, it's like the 2k classic and MSG or maybe the Maui's a loaded field. I feel like there's seven tournaments that are just absolutely loaded. All these all these events have been shifting over the years and trying to get on the level that Maui has gotten. And I think some have. I mean, look in the Bahamas, even though they're playing in a uh, a, a, a basically a, a resort uh, grand ballroom. Yeah, it's a ballroom. Um, dude. It's you turned into it's it's turned into a it's in, it turned into a marquee event. It, it's going to be weird not having. Well, once again, like not having Maui in Maui. It's in Las Vegas this year. Um which is a little bit better than Asheville, North Carolina, I guess. Um, but I, I don't know. What, what do you attribute to? Because I think part of it is potentially obviously trying to schedule good matchups and have those marquee wins because of what the selection committee is going to determine at the end of the year. Um, but also part of it, like, it just seems like, um, I don't as, as much as we're getting these marquee matchups, it seems harder and harder for the mid-majors to actually schedule good games themselves. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think we're talking about the top 5% of basketball, right? I mean, it just kind of became one of those things that you had to do. And it's probably something you sell recruits like, hey, in the next three years, um, we're going to Maui, we're going to MSG, and we're going to what's it? Yeah, the Bahamas, like you said, right? Whatever. Um, Those are our three NTE events. Um, You know, you're going to be on ESPN for all of them. Like, it's a selling point. I honestly think that's all it came down to. but, you know, the same 10 schools just rotate the events, you know, so you're always yeah. going to have Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Kansas, like it's the same. And then really what makes it, though, is who do you get as your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth place teams? Because then that's what really makes it fun. If you can go to the Garden and, you know, probably you're going to see, you know, if it's actually one of those, but um, you're going to see Duke, Kentucky, but you also may see like georgetown kansas or you know what i mean like another huge huge, uh matchup like that so 
I don't know. Um, although I think I- the, the one thing for me with that is, um, and I was, I was listening to Titus and Tate uh, earlier, and they were talking about this, is the ch- I, I knew you as a Duke fan might have a different opinion, but the Champions Classic just being the same, basically, teams over year, I would actually love there to be like a format to that where it's the last four national champions or um, a rematch yeah, of certain final fours or something like that and, 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 and working towards that. So it keeps it fresh and it keeps it relevant and, and not to knock like Kentucky Duke. I mean, cause I think at the end of the day, ESPN is driving that. And I think ESPN also is driving so much of this. I mean, yeah, a lot of money. Um, on that same exact podcast, Titus would say is you see all the commercials all day. It's just like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas. Oh, it's like, who's actually playing who? Um, and, and all that's all they want. They want the name brands out there. Um, for though, and, and obviously it's a, it's a selfish ask for us that really are just diehard college basketball people. Um, we're going to watch no matter what I would just like to see maybe Villanova get in that mix. Maybe, um, obviously, I mean, Baylor, obviously just now won, but, um, I mean, you look at even the top five in the AP poll, it's Gonzaga, UCLA, Kansas, Villanova, Texas, Michigan, Purdue, Baylor, like until you get to Duke. So I'd rather have some more of those teams like a, like a UCLA that went to the final four last year. All right. Are they back with it? Now you run the risk of a team that has a major drop off and you throw them in there and they absolutely just get washed, but um, would like to see something interesting like that. I really like your idea of creating a new one of the last four years, national champions. And then just, you know, the, the four, four years ago, that champion falls off and then the next one. So you're basically guaranteed three years. Let's say you win it in 2020, you're guaranteed the next three. And then by 2024, you've, unless of course you win again, um, yeah. that would be super and cool. I know it's tough to do. It's, it's tough to do because this is, all this is scheduled so far in advance a lot of times as well. Um, yeah. Yep. What was, when you were at Providence or, or central or, or, um, Kennesaw, what was the best empty or the best tournament you guys? Providence. We went to the Bahamas, um, year one. Solid. I don't this battle. That was battle for Atlantis. Yeah. Battle for Atlantis. Uh, or no, 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 no. We went to Puerto Rico. I'm sorry. We went to Puerto Rico. Very nice. Um, Very and nice. I can't remember the name of the tournament, but it was, it was cool. We practiced in some crazy gyms. You like, like middle school level gyms. It was wild. Uh, but yeah, Puerto Rico was cool. Year one, I don't think we did anything. And then at Kennesaw, you know, we were the low hanging fruit that they just kind of grabbed. So, you know, they don't tell you how shitty that is. Like we had to fly to Syracuse, get absolutely mollywopped, then get on a plane that yeah. night and fly yeah. overnight to California to play Cal in two days. It was atrocious. Mm. It was that, but we got a massive check and that's why you do it. Um, okay. This may be the most important update of the episode. The fighting blue hens of Delaware have been picked mm. first in their conference for the first the time, first time in school history. Wow. How about that? Maybe, you know, listen, that. Is, is there a coincidence that there's an O'Connor on staff? Probably not. But, you know, listen, we are here. Five years, year five for Inglesby, maybe year six, but got it done, man. Listen, pick number one. They were hurt all year last year. Um, they're deep, dude. They're a deep team. And they were picked. I'm looking at They were picked barely number two last year behind Hofstra. They had 11 first place votes to 16 at Hofstra, and they bring these guys back. Um, ironically enough, I I do have to give a shout out in the personal connection, but James and 
obviously I we I'm I'm fully behind the blue hand bandwagon here. Got to. James Madison was picked second to last in that conference and won it last year with a brand new head coach. Um, obviously they lost their best player and they've got a bunch of um, and, and it's going to be tougher for them to to repeat. Um, but man, it's and it's also going to be um, the way that the conference landscape is shifting. Like we're we're not seeing some of these teams aren't aren't going to be the same, and some of these conferences won't be the same. Um, so. I, that's the CAA is a, it's a tried and true basketball conference. And, uh, and for Delaware to be picked at the top of that, good for, uh, good for the, good for the blue hens. Can we talk about, you mentioned um, James Madison and I'm pretty sure he won coach of the year. Cause if he didn't, then the award is pointless, but preseason coach of the year awards. And then also just coach of the year awards don't make any sense because shouldn't it just be the coach that wins the national championship? You, you it? Are, I, 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 uh, I would like to say, I think that, um, I think I know where this, um, th- this, yeah, is you from. do. Yeah, you do. Cause I know you know the stat, you know the stat um, about the drop, which is coach K has won three national championships since 2000 and has no coach of the year awards. I don't get it. Yeah. But that's for everyone. Think, what is he, how many does he have total? Does he have like, three. Th- is it like two, three. two or three? Yeah. Three. Three. I mean, I, I know where this is rooted. And I think Tony Bennett's got at least two. I think he has two or three. Um, that's wild. And so, yeah, I mean, it is pretty wild. I'm looking down Coach K and I don't want to turn this into a Coach K love fest. But yeah, you've got five championships, 12 final fours, 15 ACC tournaments, 12 regular seasons, three Naismith College Coach of the Year. The crazy thing is with that, and to me, and that we have two awards, we have a Naismith Coach of the Year, and we have an NABC, the three, he won 89, 92, 99. So he hasn't won literally in the past 20 years. In the tw- in the 21st century, Coach K has never won <laughs> Coach I mean, of the that's Year. that's insane, dude. That's insane. And, and second of all, the one he won, the NABC Coach of the Year, was 91. He didn't win Naismith that year. So, and and actually, the, actually, this is another wild one as well, Paul. Five-time ACC Coach of the Year. 84, 86, 97, 99, 2000. It's like after 2000, they were like, you know what? We're good. We're all set. You know what I mean? Like, and not to duplicate, uh, once again, Tyus and Tate's podcast, how many, how many, and how many, uh, gold medals does Coach K have? Three. Oh, eight. Rich, it's, it's actually, it's actually zero. Coaches don't get gold medals. So, wow, uh, bro. That's how you're going to say The Duke, the Duke propaganda, <laughs> the Duke propaganda machine is hard <laughs> it at work. It rolls on, baby. It rolls on. Yes. I, I feel like he's probably, I would love, and honestly, I, I wouldn't put it past him, to be honest. I would love to go into his office where all the recruits come in away and see if there are like, I don't want to say fake gold medals. I would not put it past him. To go to the local trophy shop in Durham and make a little replica replica gold medal and, uh, and and give it to Coach K, but it makes sense. Like Michael Phelps' coach isn't getting a isn't getting a a gold medal. Basketball yeah, coach, I, I think it was a little different with team sports, but um, I could be completely wrong. Uh, this is I heard that I heard that those coaches do not get gold medals, so that Coach K um, does not actually have a, a medal himself. But I wow. mean, if, if you right now and and like nobody's. Going as a preseason coach of the year, who do you who would you, who do you call it? I, I don't know if it's pointless or by the end of the year, who would you say do you think will end up being coach of the year? Pre-season. I think what it takes is these. This is probably where these rankings matter. Is you take a team that is maybe not supposed to supposed to be a top ten, top fifteen, top twenty five team, and you take them that route. Who who uh, 
I'm going to go preseason coach of the year, Mark Schmidt, St. Bonnie's, just because being in the preseason AP poll at St. Bonaventure, I mean, you've already won because if you've ever been to St. Bonaventure and listen, my family, we're upstate New York people. I mean, that's, you know, some of my family born and raised in Brooklyn, other upstate New York. It's a horrible place to be. It's one of, I always tell my mom, I'm like, did you see the sun when you grew up? Like, how did you ever see the sun? Because there's no sun. So St. Bonnie's is one of the worst places ever. So if you can get recruits there, let alone get in the top 25. So I got Mark Schmidt, St. Bonnie's. Interesting. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if he, if honestly, if, if he can, um, if he really qualifies because they are, and we'll talk, we'll obviously, we'll obviously talk about them, but I can see Chris Beard and Texas potentially winning the big 12 may all the way winning coach of the year in his, in his first year at Texas, whatever, whatever it may be. Now that's, if you want to give me, you say it's a, maybe a long shot team. This one is further down. I, I'm not as, as, as confident in anybody like that, but. Um, can you rattle? Know, can it, you, do you have it handy? Like the last 10 coach of the years? Like, cause see. I think my thing and I'll fill the dead air as you Google, but like, I think my thing is like, there's no set, that's why I'm arguing like it just should be the guy who wins the last game of the year. Like what else is there? Yeah. Unless, so, unless go, um, I don't know who, who, who are the last 10 Naismith Naismith college coach of the year. So last year was Mark few, um, okay. obviously losing the national championship 1920 weird year. Anyways, we didn't even have a tournament, but it was Anthony grant, um, 18, 19. So this is an interesting one. Rick Barnes at Tennessee one. Um, where they lost in the Sweet 16 to Purdue. Um, so Rick Barnes at Tennessee, um, they obviously had done a great job. 1718, um, ironically, the year that Virginia loses to UMBC, not the year they win. Tony Bennett wins his second national or seventh national coach of the year. 1617 was Mark Few, and then 1516 was Jay Wright. So um, I, I guess is that the last Jay Wright in 1516 was the last coach to win it that actually won the national championship? Maybe might be because, and then I'm even looking down there. It's, it's Calipari in 14, 15, which they didn't win. Greg Marshall, 13, 14, Jim Laranega, Bill Self in 11, 12. And that's obviously, that's a, that was the, that was the undefeated Kentucky team or undefeated. That was the national championship Kentucky team that won in in New Orleans with Anthony Davis. Yep. Now, and that beat Bill Self, but you have to, it's almost, you have to have the prerequisite of, you're not supposed to be that good right off the bat. So Yeah, so that's uh, my thing. It's like let's either let's make it the championship, you win the Natty Chip and you're the coach or let's make it the award for who overachieved the best because some would argue that that's true coaching, right? But I also I mean, make yeah. the argument like it's both ways. Like just because you had the best players, like you still got to coach and win. Like that's not it's not a guarantee. This really is wild. I I think actually in the last like 20 years the only person that's won it when they won Jay was Jay Wright and um, and yeah, Jay Wright in, in 2016, because even if you go back even further, I mean, it is, we're talking Steve Fisher at, at San Diego state Bayheim in 2010 at Syracuse, Jamie Dixon, Calipari at Memphis, Tony Bennett at Washington state is the wild one. It's like Somebody most people didn't like- know Tony Bennett, Jay Wright won in 05, 06, like 10 years before the title, Bruce Weber at Illinois, Phil Martelli at St. Uh-huh. Joe's probably deservedly so at St. Joe's and that, that team and Tubby Smith at Kentucky, Ben Howland at Pittsburgh, Rod Barnes, and then Mike, Mike Montgomery. And then we get to coach K in eight, 98, 99. So 
We are, it, wow. it really is. It's just kind of a, it's more of an overachiever award than a, I believe, than a uh, truly best, you coach your team to the, the, the far, furthest point, but. Yeah. Okay. Let's jump into the polls. Um, it breaks down this way in terms of the power conferences. Big 10 have five. Big 10 has five, excuse me. ACC has four. SEC has five. Big 12 has three. Big East has two. Pac-12 has two. Uh, okay, let's start at the top. Gonzaga, no surprise there. Um, you know, it's the Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren show. Um, I love how the early season chatter is like, how are they going to work? It's like, they're going to work, guys. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? I like, mean, they're, they're two fantastic players. It's going to work out just fine. Just fine. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, and we obviously saw it. The, the, I think the biggest thing for me is – and obviously Andrew Nimhard played a lot last year he was a big key part of that team, but how much do they lose not having Jalen Suggs and how much more can Andrew Nimhard put on his shoulders to kind of put that together? Because I don't think you don't have to worry about Timmy. I don't think you have to worry about, I mean, Chet is, I don't one, I don't know how his ankles don't break every second he runs up and down He's the floor. So and that's coming from someone that I was like six, 170 pounds in high school. So like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not skinny shaming. It's just a wild thing to watch this guy play basketball, but the two of them, it's going to be awesome to watch. And it's, it's the pieces around them. Obviously they don't have Corey Kispert anymore. Um, they have the shoot, but they, ha- it's, it's the program. I, my question to you with them, does, do you think that the general public or average fans doubt them even more after last year? Or do you think they said, you know what, like, yeah, they should be number one, but I don't have faith in them come March, April. I, I think the doubt has set in for sure. I think the doubt, the doubt has set in for me because how many times have I said on this podcast over the last four years, I'm not going to Gonzaga again. And they every time I'm out, they pull me back in. The thing that's crazy for me is just like, I, I feel like in my heart of hearts, I feel even more confident in them because I truly still believe they were the most complete team of us. Like obviously Baylor, we've talked about this. We were wrong. Like Baylor ran them out of the gym. And maybe it's just, I'm just something I'm holding on to, but I feel like if that game gets played 10 times, Gonzaga wins more than Baylor, but obviously that's gone. It's over. It's in the past. Um, We watched Gonzaga look so dominant against top teams. Um, But this will be interesting. I mean, last question I'll ask you on, on Gonzaga as well. Is Drew Temme turning into a hated figure? Do you no, think he will think be? So, yeah. You don't think he'll? You don't think he's going to be a turn full heel? No, he would have to be. He would tennis. have to be this good for like two and a half more years, and he's like already a junior, I think, maybe yeah. even a senior. It's a junior, junior yeah. So no, because because and because a lot of people that were fed up with the mustache pointing and all that, but. Um, I also think that they don't play, they play too late that the, that it's not like yeah. the Grayson Allen effect. that's on 7 PM at Duke every Wednesday night. Yep. Um, not everyone's going to be watching them play Santa Clara and San Francisco and St. Mary's um, once you get into February and, and, and March, but yep. um, no, I mean, I, I like them there. I think they're a clear, clear, easy number one. Um, yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, UCLA at two. Um lot to kind of break down here. I mean, they they kind of shouldn't have even been there. You know what I mean? They like Michigan oh, State. They almost missed the tournament. <laughs> they almost missed the tournament. I and know. if they missed the tournament last year, 
are they even ranked coming into this year? Like, now, it's not a fair question to ask. They made a final four and they bring all these guys back, but like they were this close to not I, even making the tournament. Yeah. I had Michigan state over them in the first four. Um, I mean, they were 17 and 10 and they finished the season on a five game losing streak, losing streak. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Um, but they're obviously extremely talented. They got hot at the right time, which always, always talk about is like, honestly, more important than being good during the regular season. Um, and and Johnny Juzan coming back was probably, I mean, outside of maybe Kofi Coburn coming back, maybe probably one of the biggest guys that put their name in that decided, Hey, I'm going to turn around and come back um, in terms of impact and with a top 10 team. Um, Jaime Yaquez, Cody Riley. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like they're going to play with a lot more, I don't want to say a lot more confidence, but like I can see them say, okay, no, we are really good now. Like we've proven it. And they've, it's mostly the same core of guys. And I think Mick, hopefully, or hopefully, I mean, has instilled in them like, no, you belong here. You are a top 10 team and it'll play with a more, more a little more air of confidence. Um, yeah. And they and, add the, um, they add the kid Watson who like could be a lottery pick in a year. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. Like without that run is UCLA that high, probably not, but they made the run. So here we are. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting. And I'll take this opportunity just cause I, and there's only a couple, there's only a couple other um, pack 12 teams in there, but is the Pac-12 like I was like, we'll we'll ask this question later on too, but like is is the Pac-12 back? Is is it more of is it gonna be more competitive? I know Oregon's the the next team coming in at 13. Um, and then USC is right outside the top 25. Um, Colorado State's outside the top 25. I feel like Colorado, I feel like they proved last year it was a better conference. Now that UCLA should be a top 10 team all season, are there going to be more eyes on them? Are they going to like, will there be more respect you think for the conference? I'm not ready to give it yet. Um, You know, we need to see how they do when it really matters come March. I'm not ready to give it. I'm not. No, the short answer is no. Um, All right, let's go to number three, Kansas. Um, I, I mean, arguably, but I also don't think it's an argument. They got the best transfer uh, of any team, Remy Martin from Arizona State, also on like the top five, just like all time name lists of any college player. Um, Kansas is going to be really, really, really good. And then they get a the best transfer. So it's like, you know, are we picking Kansas to go to the final four again? Probably. I mean, it's one of those things. It's, you know, it's death taxes, Kansas winning the big 12. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're really good. And obviously I don't, at this point, like it's hard to doubt uh, Bill self. It's interesting too, that like you, when you have a player and I talk about coming back, obviously like Remy Martin, I was like coming back or transferring being a preseason big 12 player of the year as a transfer is something that's always so interesting to me that like a guy that's never played a game in the conference similar to, I remember you were all the hoopla when Harrison Barnes was named a first team, all American preseason, all American, never played a college game. It's similar to that. Um, nothing they're wrong, but um, no, I mean, they should be, they, they should be good. I don't know if um, they're going to be powerful number one team all year by any means, or, or they'll even get up to that. But um I think they lose probably less than five games. And I think they, it's, it's honestly, I think it'll be pretty much a dogfight between them and, and, and Texas um, to, to win the, to win the big 12. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, all right, let's go to number four, Villanova Wildcats. I mean, look, as soon as um, Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels came back, you know, they were they were going to be in the top ten. It was just a matter of where. Um, Villanova, man, they, just like you said, the death taxes, like Villanova's starting to become that. You know what I mean? Like I mean, if, they if, are they are, if they are already there. Program. Yeah. yeah, they're as consistent, I believe, of a program. Um, and, and like you go from like, I sound, this sounds awful. I mean, that you have had this like a mainstay scrappy white point guard where you go from, I don't want to say scrappy, but Ryan Archidiacono, Con Gillespie is like, you feel like you know what Villanova is and the way they play, the way they shoot the ball, the way they space you out. Um, and honestly, like as good as the big East has been, has got better, like no one's really cracked into them. Like, it's always like, you've had a, like fluctuation. And obviously I know Georgetown winning the tournament last year, but like Villanova is it's, it's, it's like Villanova at one. And then you kind of settle everything out beneath that. And, and I think that's all credit to Jay Wright. And I know he's been named for a number of NBA jobs and we've talked about it. Like if he's happy at Villanova and what he's built, I mean, that thing is, he has, he has it rolling and yeah. the program is absolutely humming. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it, they'll, they'll be a rock star. I, I can't see them being lower than like, a, honestly, uh, being lower than like a three seed. Like if they really underperformed, but they have so much coming back and he keeps getting top kids and, and finding kids that fit his system. I know it didn't work out with Quinterly. Um, that was clear and obvious, but it, I think he, he's like, you know what? I mean, I, I don't have to have the top 10 kid. I can find a top 50 kid a top 60 kid, top 70 kid that fits the system is going to buy in, maybe be here an extra year or two, and we're going to be better off for it. So, yeah. I mean, if I could build a program based on any, like I would build it like that. Like he rarely Definitely. gets the five stars. And then like, just like you said, like with Quinterly, like it's kind of why he doesn't go for him. Right. Because it's just such a different expectation for players like that. Um, yeah. I mean, Villanova is going to be great. So uh, number five, Texas, dude, this is wild. So obviously Chris Beard, new coach, um, they have six transfers. So that's the story here. And like, if, if, if I'm sticking to my guns with Kansas getting the best transfer, well then Texas is right after that with getting six. Like they got Marcus Carr from Minnesota, Timmy Allen from Utah, Trey Mitchell from UMass, who is an absolute problem. Stud. Child. Stud. Yes. Stud. Um, Dylan Disu from Vanderbilt, Christian Bishop from Creighton, and then Devin Askew from Kentucky. <laughs> Did you mention Marcus Carr? Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus okay, Carr. Okay, perfect. I'm going to make sure. I was going to say, I was like, the be maybe the, the best, yeah, outside of those. And then they bring back Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones. Um, but, like, it, that's par maybe part of the reason why um, I, I feel, I was like, confident about Chris Beard potentially winning is, like, if he could take all these different pieces – and mold it all together. And like Texas was a good team that obviously fell early in the tournament. Um, if he can basically come in, reconstruct the team, take a couple pieces that were there and re and, and get them further. Will he I be? I mean, they, they, they have the talent. And like, honestly, you think about Paul, I mean, how many, like, there's not too many guys. If you say coaches in the last five years, you'd say like, you would take over Chris Beard, like outside of like the legends, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Last time, and all those, like I true, like I mean, you and then you take the guys that have won championships. You take the Jay Wright. You take the Tony Bennett. Like, even though he hasn't won one, he's right there. Yeah, um, 100%. And, and 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 keeps and not just this year. Like he's killing recruiting as well. Like they have kids coming in next year. Like 
it's unbelievable. I mean, he it's obviously he's recruiting the same kids and even better kids that he was at Texas Tech, and it's just ramped it up. Now he's just got the the machine behind him of of UT. The kids want to go play in in Austin, so they play uh, November thirteenth. Texas at Gonzaga is going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. the early slate of games. I'm telling you, like I don't know if we've ever seen it as good as it's been right now. Timmy, uh, like, is it? Oh, it's at Gonzaga. I was about to say because like Timmy's a Texas guy. I would love to see him back home, but it's at it's at Gonzaga, which would be be pretty cool to see um, and playing there. But yeah, support for the Greenlight Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GREENLIGHT at manscaped.com. Listen, fellas, we've all been there. We've tried to trim down there using a million different things. Stop it. Go with Manscaped. It's the easiest one. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off, free shipping with the code GREENLIGHT at manscaped.com. All right, number six, we got Michigan, um, and they have some expectations now, man, right? Like, Juwan has an absolute unbelievable year. They got some expectations. I just can't wait to see Caleb Houston play. Um, he's an absolute stud. And then, obviously, when Hunter Dickinson returned, I mean, that was massive for them, massive. It was big, too. I, I, I thought there was, there was definitely talk about him leaving. I, I think it made sense for him to come back. Um, Ken Palm loves – Ken Palm has him number two. Um, and, and obviously it's weird. It's weird talking Ken Palm preseason rankings because Ken Palm is all formulaic and stat driven. And, but like, you can't, you don't have stats on an actual team. Like, how are you supposed to, to evaluate that? But, um, no, I mean, the interesting thing for me with Michigan yeah, is can they, can they, can they keep up with, I mean, they lost Franz Wagner, they lost livers, um, Shawnee Brown. And they get Eli Brooks back in Hunter and he's brought in talent and he's bringing guys. Um, and he's keeping, he keeps recruiting, but um, I don't know. I, I am not as high on Michigan this year as, as I have been previously. I'm not going to doubt them. It's more of, I still, and it's a little biased. I'm not fully sold on Hunter Dickinson on an every single day basis. I, I don't think that he's a guy and, and similar, obviously even, even Kofi's in a way too. I don't think you're getting, I don't think you can chalk Hunter Dickinson up for like 20 and 10 every single game. I think you're going to get games where he might be held to like eight. You could hold him to like eight points and get frustrated and maybe five or six rebounds. So um, obviously he's the centerpiece of that team. But um, I also, I, I feel like Jawan's been, Jawan's proven himself as a, as a really, really good coach so far. So um, we'll, we'll see. But Caleb Houston is really probably what's going to make, make them go out obviously outside of, of, uh, of Dickinson. Okay, number seven, we got Purdue, another Big Ten. Um, again, another school where it's like death taxes and Purdue being good and Purdue just having – But Purdue at this level, I don't know, Purdue preseason this high is – it's high. Is that scary? It's scary, but, I mean, it's – they have all the guy. I mean, they have – is it? I remember, it's probably three of the top 30 best players in the country. It's Travion Williams, Jay and Ivy, Zach Eady. Ivy's a power forward in the center – and a point guard like that it screams like now it's just can they can they get over the hump that's 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 the, over the hump but like just get to a final four 
Like I arguably mean, they've had teams that were better than even the Carson Edwards 2019 team. Yeah, that team are, probably should have been in the final four. Um, they've had better teams. It's just, can they, can they put it all together? Um, and, and I love what painter does, but um, are they going to be able to guard and defend and, 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 and have the depth to, to keep doing that every single day or every single week? We'll, we'll see. But what, I mean, do you think like, if you had to put my on a team way in the, I mean, would, I, I don't want to call them. I don't think they're the favorites even to win the big 10. That's, I guess maybe. I more they are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm picking you know, them. To win the big 10. I'm picking them to win the big gotcha. 10 for sure. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Purdue there. Um, this one's a little surprising just because of how much they lost. It's like, I get, we're trying to be respectful for the champion, but Baylor at eight, I mean, no yeah. Butler, no Mitchell, no Teague, no Vital. It's like, uh, I mean, that's everybody, dude. That's everybody. Yeah. No, like all of those. I mean, they really like Matthew Meyer and was it Everyday John? Um, they did bring in James Akinjo. I know. I was going to say. Akinjo. Solid. Akinjo has been all over the map. I mean, here we go. Georgetown, Arizona, Baylor. Like, I think the only. what? So we've got Big East. We've got Pac-12. We've got Big 12. We end up maybe. um Trying to think what we can go to a Big Ten team where they take a bunch of transfers next or go to ACC school, but it's uh, wild. Yeah, and look, they they have a pair of top thirty recruits, so like I get it. You know what I mean? They they have talent coming in. It's just like, dude, you lost everything. I mean, that was that was Baylor. You know, you lost your yeah. four. So to be ranked at eight, I don't know. You know, again, yeah. that's why it's I mean, like these these are. Tough. And I think they'll take losses to teams like Kansas, to teams like Texas. Like once you get in the conference play, that I think is knocks them down a little bit um but it, i mean yeah they'll they'll it's definitely i think a respect thing that they're that high in, in the ap poll yep um all right number nine the dukies um listen man the, whatever happens this year it's going to be on jeremy roach and wendell moore that's it no one else on the team does duke have good point guard play and does their starting five-star senior shooting guard average more than 10 points a game that's it. Hard stop, hard period. Paolo's going to be amazing. All the other freshmen will be solid, and none of that matters. If Jeremy Roach doesn't take a massive step, and if Wendell Moore yeah. it is – now, listen, Wendell's first 12 games was atrocious. I, was, I couldn't have been more down on him, but after that, he actually was okay. So if he can yeah. progress and average – I mean, he's got to average at least 12. He's got to average at least 12 a game. Um, that's it. Because truly nothing else matters. Does what would you – what previous Duke player do you think Wendell needs to turn into for this team to be successful? If you if you can make a comparison. I know I'm putting you on the spot with that, but I'm just curious because – I mean, like, if, if he – If there's a guy, like, yeah, it, like, does he have to be Justice Winslow? Like, and be not, like, the centerpiece guy, but the – like. No, I think better. I think he's got to be better. Like, he's got to be what Nolan Smith was his senior year. Wow. He's got to be that. Yeah. Heart and soul. He's one of two captains with Joey Baker. We haven't even like nothing matters. Not, I'm telling you, like, I don't care if Joey averages 30. If Wendell averages zero, the season's over. Like it's that's it's those two to me. Yeah. Roach and more. That's it. Yeah. And you look at the teams. Yeah. You look at the Duke teams that have had the most success. Now, ironically, two, two of them, they've had Joneses as point guards, but they've had really solid point guard play that brings the rest of the team together that they can bail. And so that's, Roach, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Roach is the Gotta biggest part of that for me, there. and then the leadership and shooting, like that. You brought up Joey Baker, like 
you got to you got to produce at some point, dude. Something's you got to happen, bro. Something's got to happen, Joe. Did he did he have the tat the arm tattoo last year? He has did two. You know, I think he's, got, he's one. got two. Here. One of them. Okay, what well, I saw a video on Instagram it's Twitter the other day. He doesn't look like a. He doesn't seem like a tattoo guy to me. I don't know. And I feel like maybe it's just the one. Maybe if he went like I don't know. JJ Redick transformed himself from no tattoos to yeah. obviously full sleeve overnight. But like Joey Baker, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I think he's underperformed of what we I, people hoped or thought he was going to be. Like I still think back, it's so wild when they burned his red shirt his freshman year, and it's like, oh my gosh, they're doing it, Joey Baker time, and we're still kind of waiting on. It. Like he's maybe he's had some flashes. You yeah. watch obviously them more than I do. But I'm just kind of – I'm not worried about Joey Baker. Like he's, I, I, he's barely had flashes. And I think whatever the reason, man, like certain players get on Coach K's bad side and then it's just like one of those things that like no matter what they do, they just can't seem to get out of it. And he is one of them, you know. And I'm not saying he should be playing over – the guys over the last four years, but like you would think that he'd have more of a role um, than he's had, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, there'll be magic in the air. There will be magic. There'll be magic in, in the air, man. Last, the last go around. Uh, okay. My but, prediction, I, I was going to leave it to this because I don't I'm not putting you on the spot for them because I don't think that's necessarily fair. My prediction is they finish second or third ACC regular season. They win the ACC tournament title. Um, they bow out Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. That would be my my, That's my, your my prediction. No, no, it's it's not really. I'm not going crazy on Lem. I do think they like all the success he's had in the ACC tournament. I think that's necessarily fitting. I don't know, like, who knows? Maybe they catch fire and they do that. I don't think they're talented enough. Maybe you can clip this at the end of the year. I don't know if they're complete enough to win a national title. But I mean, who knows? There's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of question marks. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope you're wrong. But uh, where is the ACC tournament? Greensboro, uh, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Back in Brooklyn, man. We should probably fly back for that. Um, okay. Uh, number 10, or I'm sorry, geez, Kentucky. Uh, obviously, dude. this is weird to me. Yeah, dude. I mean, the biggest- this is, it's death taxes, Kansas winning the Big 12, Kentucky just automatically being a top 10 team, no matter who they bring in, when they bring in, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they reloaded, they got a bunch of transfers. Um, they got the dude from West Virginia, and I can't pronounce his last name. Um, they got Severe Wheeler from Georgia. But really, the star of the show is Ty Ty Washington. That, he's, yeah. he's a problem, so I'm excited to watch him. And it's going to be an early test. Like, I mean, Duke, Kentucky, right off the bat. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be yeah. – it's going to be big time. I don't know. I Yeah, and I, I don't want to not Calipari because I think it's what he's – there's just been something of – they're following the same formula they've had every year. Now they're getting more grad transfers and more guys with more experience come in, which hopefully helps. But like this team went nine and 16 last year and they don't bring back. I mean, they bring back, they bring back new guys and Ty is like going to be big, but at the same time, you need a massive, massive development from a guy like a, like a Keon Brooks. Um, Not that he's a bad player, but like, you got to uh, – there's something to be said about just learning how – I was. it sounds awful. We were talking about Kentucky basketball, but learning how to win. It's like you have talent. And it's well, like, every year you got to redo you get it. Stuck in, you get stuck in the mud. Exactly. And I think that's the, that's the downfall of a, of a, um, a one-and-done type program like that. But, like, 
even Duke, I think, falls victim to that at times. Like you got to build up the same way that you think um, playing with a little more. We talked about guys playing with more confidence, like UCLA. I think they'll be a better team because we said, hey, we've seen it. We've been here. I think you got it. You got to go through that as a team first. And so it's how quickly they can piece that together. And we've seen when they can't piece it together, how it goes off the rails. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, okay, number 11, Illinois. I think this was one of the – you mentioned it, um, Kofi coming back. But, like, so he puts his name in for the draft. He he takes his name out. Then he puts his name into the portal. Then he stays with Illinois. Like, my question is, like, when he shows up after all is said and done, like, what is the vibe? And then he gets suspended for selling gear months over the summer. Like, the NCAA is just – just chef's kiss. They're never going to change. They're just, they are who they are, man. They are who they really thought are. they were. <laughs> I mean, Illinois, I, I have a, I don't say I have a love hate relationship. I don't, I don't like, I don't hate Illinois, but I also, I, I kind of hate their fan base and their expectations. Kofi's an unbelievable player. Trent Frazier's going to be really good. Curbelo coming back to be really Curbelo, good. Man, that's, that's the key to me. Curbelo. The thing is how it can Trent Frazier and can convert Curbelo can they be, can they take some of the bailout role that IO was at times? Like when Ohio had Illinois in the ropes last year and they're just like, give the ball to IO, six ends, get down the floor, get to the rim, get fat. Like, I feel like IO maybe held some of their deficiencies. He was able to cover up because he could create for himself and, and, and was so effective. It's, they've got a lot of good guys coming back. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting. I, I think it's, it's it's now or never for Illinois to be honest with you because obviously Kofi can't come back anymore after this. Yeah, but 100. They need to they need to reload a little bit next year. Uh, okay, let's go to number 12, Memphis. You know, just the the penny show. I mean, we got Jalen Duran and Imani Bates, dude. That is going to be electric to watch. Like, I'm really both. excited for Memphis. Very I excited mean, for Memphis. You can. I mean, can you even? Is it really? I mean, those are like two. I mean, they're two in the top ten, so I get it. But like. Two of the some of the, I mean, Imani, the most exciting. I can't wait to watch him. Imani's been talked about probably as long as any yeah. recruit in recent memory because like, I'm excited to see Chet for sure. And like, I know yeah. what Palo because just by being a Duke fan, like, I, now I've like watched him more than anyone else. So, like, I think I know what's going to happen there. But with Imani, like, I don't know. Like, I'm don't get, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. Like, I just don't know. And so, I think I'm most excited to watch him. I, I same here. And Landers Nolly is a really good player. Mm-hmm. Lester Quinones, I, we got now will be his third year. His experience under his belt. Lomax, like they're they're good and they, they can play. Um, I completely forgot they they got Earl Timberlake from Miami as well, or from, from Miami as well. Yeah, so like, they're they they have so much talent. They are kind of like a you say like the old, like Kentucky where it was just all freshmen, but. Like I, I do like Memphis and they're not going to be tested as much. I think, I know they do play NC state in, uh, in Brooklyn. Um, but obviously like the AAC should be easier for them to navigate than obviously having to play a gauntlet of like an ACC schedule. Um, so I think they definitely, by the end of the year, they should be, um, like a top three seed. All right. Top. I, I, I got to go on a limb. I really, because I, What's that? 
top three seed in the tournament or just ranked top three? Sorry, eight, eight, like I think they would be like eight, a two seed, a three seed, something like that. Got it. All right. Not, not, not a, not an overall by the end third, but hey, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they play, I know they don't play NC State, um, but I'm looking at it right now, they play the regular season, St. Louis, Western Kentucky, Virginia Tech, you know, Iowa State, Xavier, Georgia, Ole Miss, Alabama. Tennessee. Oh, they are playing a bunch of SEC teams in the regular season. So they can get, Hope probably some wins up there, but then like this is my point being like they're they're going to roll through teams like Tulsa, UCF, East Carolina, yeah, uh, Tulane, um, even like Houston's not as good. Cincinnati won't be as good. Temple, Wichita, like I feel like they're just going to run through the American and pile up wins. Um, and hopefully, I'll give Amani and Jalen Rand like a chance to really develop. But yeah, uh, all right. Number thirteen, Oregon. Um, I mean, this is the the six foot eleven show. You know, they got two six foot eleven dudes, Richardson and then Eric Williams Jr. Um, they got a top fifteen kid coming in, Nate Biddle, and then they got a late kid from Canada who I know nothing about. His name's Ethan Butler. Um, he joined in late September, so good luck telling me how that works with classes and role. Who knows? Um, but like always, they're very good. They're just like Florida state to me where they found their model. It's like, we're going to be huge. We're going to be long. We're going to have versatile defenders that can guard all the positions and that's it. And that's what we're going to do. Whereas I think Florida state's the exact same. Like you just kind of plug and play like another six, nine dude, another six, 11 dude, a, a footer. Like, so, you know, I think Oregon probably wins the back 12. Unless it's UCLA. Uh, it's yeah. UCLA. I mean, I, it's, I can see there, there's going to be a dogfight. Um, I think they're really good. They, like, I don't know. The, the only, my only question with them is Chris Duarte has been so good in the NBA so far this season. It's like, I, I don't know if I realized how good he was at Oregon. It was like, it's more of like, wow, I can't believe he's playing this well. Is Oregon going to miss that? Like, I, I, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited to see them. But Dana Altman, consistent, just like Leonard Hamilton. Um, all right. For the sake of time, we're at 13. We're at Oregon. Who do we want to cover from 14 to 25? Anyone I want to, I want to ask, I want to ask about your, your, your hometown Columbus, Ohio state Buckeyes. Yeah. Now, and coming off a team, like they, they bring back a lot. They bring back guys with some, with it, with experience. They've got, there's an EJ Liddell and Kyle Young. Um, yeah, I mean, Liddell's Liddell's I think, um, picked for, uh, first team Big Ten, so that you know he he's he's the guy. Kyle Young is like you know I don't know. I mean that's important that he came back, but like he's a glue dude. You know he's not anything crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I honestly could see them falling out of the top twenty-five. Like really within the within no, not in the in the first 10, 12 games. Like yeah, yeah, first three yeah. weeks of the Big Ten though. I could see yeah. that happening. Like they hit, I don't know. They I, get Seth, they'll get Seth. Well, I think Seth Towns back. And he's got like, back, he's had back surgery in the offseason. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just banking on Holtman and his coaching. I feel like they've been very consistent the past few years. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. And I guess probably guard play. I mean, they're going to have to shoot the ball well because once again, they're competing with Purdue's and the Michigan's and, um, I said Big Ten is going to be very good again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, them. I think the biggest question mark for them, honestly, is the kid Michi Johnson, who came 
second semester last year. So he was like technically a high school senior still. So now, you know, this is his first full year. Like, does he take a big jump? Cause they're probably going to need him to. And all that matters is November 30th. The boys are coming to town. I bought my <laughs> tickets. Duke's coming to town. I mean, I may paint my face. You know what I mean? Who knows what's going to happen, but your boy will be decked out in anything but red and white. So I'm excited about that. Um, any surprises here? I mean, Auburn's going to be very good. St. Bonnie's obviously is kind of a shock. Your boy. Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about Virginia. What do you think? I mean, do they just, yeah, I mean, no, I think that I'm not sure if they're, if they are a top 25 team yet. I mean, it's, there's a lot of turnover. I mean, they're going to have to find, they pretty much lost the majority of their three point shooting and, and, and Jay Huff, Sam Hauser. Now the guys, they lost Casey Morsell to NC state. I'm hearing is going to be like an, unbelievable tremendous player now he's probably in a better system for him uh they lost justin mccoy to unc um i don't think it's a huge doubt but they and and they've got some transfers themselves they've got a kid from indiana um they've got a kid from uh from east carolina they're going to be a little bit they're going to be a much different team it's can they find the three-point shooting kihei's back reese beekman's back reese beekman's gonna have to be that Ty Jerome type. They're going to have to get more points out of him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and I don't know how good they'll be defensively. I don't, I think they can be better than last year's team, but it's a lot of new pieces uh, might take a little bit of time to gel, but I think Tony, they've also probably scheduled it a little bit that way. I don't think they have um, too. I think they're playing a lot of home games here early on where they probably aren't going to get exposed too much. Um, the one thing that was interesting and I hear like Ken Palm has Virginia 45, that tells you anything. And mm-hmm. Ken Palm's usually a Virginia lover. The one thing that I do think is interesting that all the Virginia Tech fans are griping about is Virginia Tech brings back something like 87% of their scoring or 90% of their scoring. Yeah. Virginia brings back like 30 and Virginia Tech beat them. And Virginia's a top 25 team. Virginia Tech's not. I do think Virginia Tech's going to be very good. Um, yeah, I think Virginia Tech should be in there. And they also got, you want to talk about all-time names. They got the transfer from Wofford, Storm Murphy, who's like a lights-out <laughs> shooter. That's just a great name. I mean, for that alone, they should be in the top 25. Um, One last note I'll put in here as well. Um, Arkansas, now obviously must bust. Uh, they're going to retool and they're going to bring in a bunch of guys too. Chris Likes from Miami, who's an absolute awesome to watch, is at Arkansas now. Yeah, why did he transfer? I thought he was like – He got tired of Laranega. I I, I don't know, but he's there. They also have a 7-3, Yeah, and there's a picture. Um, uh, It's 5-6 Chris Likes and 7-3 Connor Connor Vanover. It's just truly incredible to see the two of them um, next to each other. But Likes will be really – like Likes is a guy that I I will watch – not I I would watch Arkansas no matter what, but I'll stop if I'm flipping through channels like – He's a guy that's really, really fun to watch. And I think hopefully he, he was on some pretty bad teams at Miami. He was kind of just having to do it at all. I think playing in that system that that um, that that Musk will put together. Um, last question we'll end on, Alex, for you. And one team that's in there that I think still has some unknowns, but it could go either way is, is North Carolina. Do you think, what do you think about Hubert and your, in mean, your one? Hubert, dude, yeah, that's the big question. Like, forget their players, like, this is the first, it's going to be the same thing with next year with K like, all right, like, great. Yeah. But K's gone now. So it's like, I don't care how good it's the same thing. So to me, um, it'll be really, I haven't heard any reports that he's changing things. Like, you know, are they still going to run the Jill in practice where you run? If you don't, if you let the ball bounce after a made basket, like, are they still going to get out and run? Are they still going to be um, unbelievable on the boards? Like the things that Carolina has been known for, for, 
18 years, however long Roy was there. Right. And even before that. So I don't know, man, I'm not super high on them and I'm not, I'm trying to not be biased. I'm just not. No, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. And look, my, and if if we're watching the video copy, Bennett is, uh, my my dog Bennett is already saying, no, they're frauds. Uh, They took Virginia's, they took one of Virginia's role players and, I mean, if that's my, if Justin McCoy is getting serious playing time for them, he's in trouble. Yeah. They're in trouble. I, hey, you mentioned the Ken Palm thing. I meant to say this after for Virginia. So uh, Virginia has finished in the top 20 at Ken Palm in all but one of the last eight seasons. And you said they started at 45. So yeah. they got their work cut out for them to not have that. But I told you it's, it's just, it's, it's Ken Pomeroy, I guess I, I, it's Ken Pomeroy's mind that we start out with. And then, and then, and then we get, we get data thrown in there, but like they play like Navy Radford, they do go at Houston. Then they go Coppin state, Georgia, Lehigh, Iowa. The one thing I do think is interesting. And this is just, I think this is perfect thing to end on. Cause this is a sign of the times of college basketball. Virginia had three transfers this past year. They're playing all three of them this season. They're free Abdurrahim at Georgia. They're going to play Justin McCoy at North Carolina. They'll yeah, play. Casey Morsell, NC State, they're going to play. We used to not see that. Like, you used to like, – Yeah, I know. Two, two guys, and and from sources, Casey Morsell is a dog. So, I, sources, that's – baby. From sources. But I, I will just say I am – that's the one person, like, I, 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 I'm not scared about seeing Justin McCoy. Jabri Abdurrahim, it's a non-conference game at Georgia. Like, I think that um, that program is – I, I don't want to say that – Tom Crean is putting it in the right direction, but I'm not worried about Georgia and, and Jabri, but you're getting probably four or five like revenge games coming against you, but that's where we are in college basketball. We've, how many transfers have we talked already? Dude, so, it's wild. When I was reviewing that, it, like you forget, I mean, player, the teams are taking five, six new players. It's wild. Last thing I want to do end on though, Providence beat Purdue. Oh, I did hear that. I did hear that. Providence beat Purdue in a secret scrimmage. Can we get another Big East title run for Mr. Edward Cooley? I certainly hope so. Um, All right, that's it for episode 90, season preview. We will definitely be back after November 9th because that is uh, the first – is that technically the first day of the season? Yeah. Um, I believe – is it Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday we've got Champions Classic Um, either way. And then um, we will – we'll be right in the thick of things. I mean, we will be right back in the mix. And then – Shout out to the Ohio Bobcats today. Ben, ben Vanderplas, first team All Mac preseason, and uh, Jason Carter back from Xavier, second team preseason All Mac. So, um, go Bobbies. And OU football, what a disaster! Up twenty-eight hey. against Miami last night, almost blew. And they got the win. They almost got the win, blew. dude. What happened? I mean, where is Frank? Can we get Frank back? You no, know, um, you you asked that question. Honestly, it was the best visual of last night. They showed him up in a suite with a zip-up hoodie, drinking a glass of white wine. Oh, that's what he's and doing. I was like, all right, I just hope that he's enjoying it. Like, I'll take a – the crazy thing is, if Ohio had won last week – they're two and seven. If they had won last week, they would be first place in the Mac East. They're a game works. behind Kent State, who they lost to. So, it's – I think the bar, the Barstool Bowl is out of the question, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but we are on we'll, – we'll enjoy some th- Thursday – or two, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday night action the rest of the way. Transition into – a Ohio basketball team that brings everyone back except for Jason Preston with our fearless leader, Jeff Bowles. Um, you've got your Blue Devils starting early. You've got UVA. We won't really see what they're made of for a while, but um, 
Excited. We're here. We've, we've made it. All right. That's it for episode 90. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Until then, keep the ball bouncing. Lately, I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss, then tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pulls, plus Russell's up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney in the love, so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.